Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to the 284th edition of the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. In Nashville, Tennessee, I'm the Professor Emeritus, Matt Perkins. And a drag route across the Harpeth River from me here in the Music City, it's our own offensive coordinator, the coach, Corey Burton. What's up, man? We just uh, we just wrapped a really good episode. You should, uh, if you haven't checked checked it out, you should you should do so on our coaching carousel. I played I had my judge robe on and I played judge for the coaching carousel. So that was a very very fun episode. Uh, but I'm ready to talk some championship games. All right. Well, we can't get started without the third amigo in the second city. A man who wishes that he was driving a Morgan. It's our intrepid blogger from Big Ten Accounting, Josh Ooh. Cook. Great cars, great cars. I'm excited to talk about the FCS playoffs, another always fun segment that we missed last week because I don't ever remember them starting the playoffs on the final week of the year, rivalry week. Yeah, it, it, it made no sense. As most of you guys already know, we are presented to you by betonline.ag and we're better than ever. A new web interface for the rest of NBA season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. So head on over to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your welcome bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Let's get right into those FCS playoffs. The bracket is out. We are in the second weekend. Our top eight seeds got a bye. Uh, just a reminder, our top eight seeds, Sam Houston State at, or I guess they're just Sam Houston at this point, number the one. Bearcats. Number two, North Dakota State. Bison. Number three, James Madison. The Dukes. Number four, the Dukies? number four, Sacramento State. The no idea, the Scorpions. <laughs> I don't know. I honestly don't know their their mascot. Um, I, know they have a good, I know they have a good football team. I just don't know their mascot. Um, Sacramento State. Uh, they are. We are gonna. We're, we're gonna. <laughs> we're looking it up. We're Sorry, looking it up Sacramento on the State. fly, baby. They're the Hornets. The Hornets. There Josh, we go. Josh, do you know what their mascot's actual name is? Horny the Hornet. Herky the Hornet. Those bastards, they, they stole Iowa. I no Spelled longer like differently. His Spelled differently. Spelled with a oh, Y. In, Spelled with a Y instead of an IE. Well, that's fine. Uh, number five. Herky's spelled with a Y. <laughs> Wait, your Herky's spelled with a Y? Yes. I thought it was what? with an IE. I don't. Not that I'm aware of. Herky the Hawkeye. That's embarrassing. H-E-R-K-Y. Oh, it, it, is, it is with a Y. I am very sorry, Josh. No, that's I am that's very... embarrassing. You're you're insulting the Big Ten West champions that won <laughs> fair and square with no issues. Oh, my God. I'm not even talking about that. I can't. I, I, I literally, I will not talk about the Axe game. Um, number five, Villanova. I can't actually about, about it. The Wildcat. Number six, Montana. 
The Grizzlies. Number seven, Eastern Tennessee State University. Buccaneers. And number eight, Montana State University. Bobcats, and I'm not looking any of these up. I I know you're not looking those up. Bobcats. So let's start in uh, in the round of 16. Sam Houston State, number one team in the country. They're taking on Incarnate Word. Word to your mother, or in this case for them, uh, they're victorious to, over the lumberjacks. Uh, yeah, they beat Stephen F. Austin 35 28 to get into the, the, the sweet 16, if you will. Uh, but instead of word to your mother, I'm going to say uh, they're probably saying word to the Virgin Mary, um, <laughs> mother of Jesus, because it is incarnate word. Josh, Sam Houston State is the number one team in the country. In yes, FCS football, they have been outstanding this season. Um, ten and no, undefeated. Uh, undefeated. I think the only real major undefeated team um, that we have uh, that we have here. Yeah, they are uh, the only undefeated team. Yeah, that's so, what I thought. So uh, makes it even easier. Um, look, they're you know they're. Point differential has been absolutely absurd this year. 424 points for 173 against. Um, I know their conference is a very strange situation. The Atlantic Sun and the Western Athletic Conference, the A-Sun WAC, uh, are doing a challenge this year. They, so their conference says A-Sun WAC challenge. Uh, it didn't really matter who they played. They dominated the schedule. Uh, Incarnate Word, good story. Nice that they won a game here in the playoffs. Um, but the Southland Conference just is not particularly good. And Incarnate Word, you sort of see some of the cracks when you look at their point differential. 471 points for 301 points against. I don't think Word has a defense at all that can slow the Bearcats down. Yeah, I don't think that they do. I don't think that they do either. And, and, and frankly, like I'm not sure if there's a lot of teams that are going to be able to compete with this Sam Houston State team. I, I don't think anyone can until the title game, to be honest with you. Ooh. Um, not the winner of Montana State, UT Martin. Uh, because the Skyhawks. <laughs> I'm actually here for UT Martin. UT Martin um, it is, to me, a really, really interesting team. Um, they have just a you know the, the i think that they're actually a, a pretty balanced team uh, f- for the most part and one of the things that i like about um uh, about this martin team is you know it, it is the fact that they have just been able to get it done um you know pretty much no matter what they went on a big uh, nine nine they won nine consecutive games in the middle of the season they beat traditional power jacksonville state um you know they've had some some really really good wins on the season and you know what i'm you know i I, i'm here for ut martin i think that they have a really nice rushing attack peyton logan zach wallace uh really nice one-two punch at halfback so i don't know josh what say you my worry with any ohio valley conference team when we get to the playoffs is uh, the OVC is not one of our powerful conferences. That's true. So, so just you know, to kind of highlight this point, second place and third place in the OVC were Southeast Missouri and Awesome P. Uh, each of them went four and two in conference. Each of them outside of conference 
Simu, Owen five, and Awesome P, two and three. So the the OVC is just not a strong enough conference to really trust UT Martin. Obviously, the upset would be awesome. Um, UT Martin would be big underdogs if they were to knock off Montana State and get to that semifinal game. But um, just yeah, I'm not I'm not seeing it. Or not semifinal, but the regional final. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, okay, over on the other half of the, the upper portion of the bracket, North Dakota State versus Southern Illinois. North Dakota State traditional power. They're not quite as strong maybe this year as they have been in years past, but that doesn't change the fact that they still have an awesome defense and a very strong rushing attack. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know you're privileged when you can be 10-1, and one. The number two seed overall, and people are saying, well, you, you took a little bit of a step back this year. Um, this is a conference game. Yeah. So they've already, they've already played Southern Illinois, and, uh, well, they shut them out, <laughs> 20 to nothing. <laughs> so obviously the Bison, uh, big, big favorites in this one. Um, it's funny. You look at their offensive players, and yeah, they're – Quarterback play, you know, they've had to play a few different guys. Uh, running back, their leading rusher only has 500 yards on the season. But their leading receiver, talk about a safety net, Christian Watson, 800 receiving yards almost, 39 catches, seven touchdowns. Uh, he's a real difference maker for a team that, uh, you know, just suffocates you with defense. That's their bread and butter. Um, and you know, number one scoring defense in the country for, mm-hmm. for North Dakota state. Uh, next I think is a really interesting matchup. Uh, probably the best chance for the unseated team to win for me, East Tennessee state and Kennesaw state. Kennesaw state is not seated despite being ranked fourth in the country. Yeah. <laughs> um, which in, in the polls, which is really, really interesting to me. Uh, they have the number two rushing offense in the country. Uh, the number one, they're actually number one in passing efficiency. They don't throw the ball much, but when they do, it's uh, it works. And they're great on third down. Uh, they're converting almost fifty percent of their third down conversions, and they have the quintessential bend but don't break defense. They're number one in red zone defense in the country. Teams are only scoring fifty five percent of the time when they make it into the red zone against Kennesaw State which to me is wild. Like that, that, that is amazing. So I really like Kennesaw state to pull the upset here. Yeah. These, uh, these two teams, I mean, if you even want to call it an upset. Yeah. The, these two teams are really good and it, you know, it, it sucks that they have to face each other. Quite honestly, I, I don't know what the committee saw, to, to put Kennesaw where they did. Um, I, I guess it's maybe a reflection on the Big South. Um, you know, Monmouth took a step back this year compared to last year. So maybe they're looking at that. But I, I mean, this team went 11 and 1, and their lone loss on the season was Georgia Tech. Uh, East Tennessee, they are 10 and 1. Um, their lone loss was. UT Chattanooga, uh, they beat Vanderbilt. 
Um, very, very, very solid teams, both of these teams. Um, I really like the balance that East Tennessee has. And, and I think if they win, that's going to be the difference maker. They have Tyler uh, Riddell has over 2,000 passing yards and 16 touchdowns. His backfield mate, Quay Holmes, almost uh, over 1,400 yards, uh, 16 touchdowns. You know, are they going to run? Are they going to pass? Got to love that balance. It's, it's going to make Kennesaw State's day hard, but obviously Kennesaw has the talent to pull what at least per the uh, the seeds is an upset. Yeah, and, and, and ETSU as well is uh, awesome. They're, they are like Iowa. Their turnover margin is absurd. Um, I, I think that they are – I want to say that they're like plus like 15 for the year or something like that. It's, it, it's absolutely – outstanding for them um bottom half of the bracket uh we'll start with a, a classic northeast matchup villanova and holy cross uh we've, crusaders uh beat sacred heart another northeast team so they're, they're really trying to put make that the northeast part of the bracket uh nova though has had an outstanding season um they are uh, again another really solid defensive team um, if you look at, you know, they're really good at uh, preventing teams from just moving the ball at all. Only they're third in the country in total defense, only giving up 255 yards per game, which is great. Except for Holy Cross is number one in the country, giving up 252 a game. But then again, they play in the Patriot League, which is not exactly the strongest conference, Josh. Yeah, obviously, uh, the Patriot League, not not anything compared to the colonial um so people are picking villanova for you know some good reason but but this holy cross team is frisky this holy cross team beat connecticut beat monmouth um ran through ran through their conference i mean their their point differential in conference is hilarious it's 253 to 76 um, the next closest team in terms of defense within conference games for the Patriot League was Lehigh at uh, 121 uh, and Colgate at 120. Just, you know, the, this Crusader team was awesome. Unfortunately, the way the Patriot League is, it would stand to reason this is the end of their journey. Uh, Villanova, 7-1 uh, and one in the stacked Colonial. Uh, they beat James Madison in a huge game, 28-27. The two losses for Villanova this year was uh, Penn State, understandable. William & Mary, a head-scratcher. So if Holy Cross stands any chance, we're going to have another head-scratcher by Villanova. But they're really good, and their quarterback, Daniel Smith, can I interest you in over 2,000 passing yards and 22 touchdowns? Because that's what he has. That's what he has. Yeah. I, I think that's gonna be a I, I think that's gonna be a good one. I think the game of the weekend though might be this next one. It is Your gonna Jackrabbits. It's gonna be an absolute. Uh, it's gonna be a banger between the Hornets and the Jackrabbits. Sacramento State, South Dakota State. South Dakota State has had a weird year. Um, they're eight and three, with losses to Southern Illinois in overtime. Northern Iowa, who got knocked out in that early first round, and at South Dakota, but they beat North Dakota State 
27-19 earlier in the year, and they beat Colorado State by 19 yeah, but, opening weekend. Uh, and but then beating they beat, Steve Adazio, I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, even Vanderbilt beat them, to be fair. So, um, weird year. Just like a, a, a weird year, a weird team. They have a... It's just I. They have some really strong. They still have Pierre Strong in the backfield. Um, you know he's a he ran for fourteen, nearly fifteen hundred yards. They still have the Yankee brothers, Jackson and uh, I forget the other one's name, uh, uh, playing playing receiver. It's a. It, it's not the same team that we saw last spring. But it's still a formidable opponent, and on the right day, they can play with anyone. Yeah, I, I mean, I think what people are looking at for South Dakota State is they won nine games overall. They won five games in their conference. There are three losses, Southern Illinois, Northern Illinois, South Dakota. What do they have in common? No, it's not that they have a direction in their name. All three made the playoffs. So the Missouri Valley is stacked as always. So people that are picking South Dakota State are essentially saying they play the toughest schedule every year. It's toughened them up. They're a better team. I don't know if that's true. Sacramento State um, lost to UNI early in the season. Then they lost to Cal. They were sitting out one and two. They had a nail-biter against Idaho State, 23-21. But since that rocky start, they have caught lightning in a bottle they have ripped off eight straight wins. Uh, the most impressive of them has to be knocking off um, the uh, the Cal Poly folks and the Montana folks. Pretty pretty nice wins there. Uh, the big the big sky has a lot of teams, so they unfortunately didn't get Montana State. So we didn't get to see them against the other best team. We didn't get to see them against Eastern Washington either. But those did. Yeah, but the, but those Davis wins and Grizzly wins, uh, nothing to scoff at. So this is you know you know people taking South Dakota State. I understand it. The conference is intriguing, but um, you know it's it's out on the West Coast. It'll be out in Sacramento. Um, this is a really good team. I I think there's a reason why the Hornets are seated and the Jackrabbits aren't. Um, I I think Sacramento State. They're getting some really impressive quarterback play from uh, Jack Dunaway with over 2,000 passing yards on the season. Um, the, the Hornets do a lot of nice things. This is going to be a fun game. I'm with you, Matt. It's my favorite one of the round. All right. Uh, two more quickly. We've got uh, James Madison, Southeastern Louisiana. James Madison, um, the three seed in the tournament. But as talented as anyone in FCS, um, they're, they lead the nation in turnover margin. They're second in total defense. They're in the top five in scoring offense, passing efficiency, rushing offense, third down conver- conversion percentage on defense, first downs allowed on defense. I mean, this is a complete, complete team. Their only loss it's that Villanova squad we talked about earlier by one point uh, in what was probably the game of the year in the Colonial. Yeah, Southeast Louisiana, another Southland team, uh, really fun team. They're 9-3. and three. Their three losses were Louisiana Tech, 
by a field goal incarnate word who won the division or won the conference, excuse me, by a field goal and the nickel state uh, by a field goal. So they're just a few bounces away from being undefeated. Uh, how did they win their opening game? Um, well, they had a favorable matchup. Florida A&M, the Rattlers, finished second in the SWAC division, which means that they didn't make it to the big old bowl game that those SWAC conference teams get to play. So Florida A&M was like, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll take a playoff bid, see what happens. Um, so it was a very favorable matchup for Southeastern Louisiana. They are a fun team. They're a good team, but Matt, you, you laid it out. My God, do they have a tough matchup in this one? Uh, let's give some love to the Southeast Louisiana quarterback, Cole Kelly, uh, Matt, or uh, coach, you'll like this as an offensive coordinator, Cole Kelly this year, 4,727 passing yards with 42 touchdowns. Uh, He's also the team's leading rusher with 480 rushing yards. And he had 16 rushing touchdowns. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That's incredible. I love that. Yeah. Sign me up for that. All right, finally, we have a Big Sky matchup, Montana and Eastern Washington. Um, Montana is the seeded team here, but Eastern Washington won their matchup earlier this season at home on the red turf, the crimson turf, um, back in early October, 34 to 28. Eastern Washington, what do we know about Eastern Washington? They are going to air it out, air it out, and then air it out some more. They still have Eric Barriere mm-hmm. playing quarterback there, who seems like he's been there absolutely forever. He had another really strong season uh, this year. He uh, 4,540 yards, 41 touchdowns. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that's pretty solid. That's pretty, pretty solid. And he threw... Um, what do you have? Yeah, 41 touchdowns to seven interceptions. So uh, we'll take that. However, Montana, Montana's no slouch. Um, you know, they, they have a, uh, they're sort of the flip side. A lot of these, a lot of these big sky teams are, are offense first. They are defense first team. They're number two in the country in scoring defense, only giving up 13 points per game. They're great in special teams they have the best punting team in all of uh in all of fcs they're great at returns number four and kick returns in fcs and they just they don't allow a lot their offense is no great shakes but they get the job done especially with defense i mean if you look back uh since they lost to sacramento state back in mid-october their last five games they've given up 14 19 0 3 and 10 points in five consecutive wins uh i I think that i'll take that every single day of the week uh you know i think we've got another you know irresistible object or immovable force kind of thing going on here resistible force immovable object whatever <laughs> yeah, I mean, for people wondering, yeah, resistible for people, force and, and movable object. For for people wondering why Montana is the seeded team after losing to Eastern Washington and Sacramento State during the season, um, the the answer is they've ripped off five wins in a row, including uh, blowing out Montana State. Um, they get this game at home. That's going to be huge. That could be the difference maker. This game is being played all the way on December 8th. Um, 
or sorry, December 3rd. Uh, can't read my notes sometimes. Uh, the forecast for that game, 48 and cloudy. There's showers for Saturday. Um, uh, so if that storm front comes in early and uh, impacts this game on Friday the 3rd, who knows? Maybe that slows down the Eastern Washington passing attack. Missoula's had some weird weather games before, so that one will be intriguing. All right. Um, so we've uh, those are the matchups for this coming week. Go Skyhawks. That's that's the team I'm getting behind here. <laughs> uh, that's what we have this weekend uh, for FCS. In terms of the FBS, we got some title games, boys. We do. Oh, let's do we have... want to make picks real quick on uh, the bracket? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Um, All right. I'll, I'll go first. Go for it. I'm taking Sam Houston, North Dakota State, Montana State, and, man, that Kennesaw game is going to be crazy. I like the balance a little bit of the Bucks. So I, I've got those four teams making it. I got Villanova. I got James Madison. I... I'm going to take the home cooking of Sacramento State. but Home cooking. But I'm sorry, Montana. I need an upset somewhere. I can't go chalk everywhere. Eastern Washington passing attack just its always terrifying. So I'm going to take Eastern Washington to pull right. off that upset. I'm also taking Sam Houston. I'm also taking North Dakota State. I am taking UT Martin. Ooh, there we go. And you're taking Kennesaw. You're talking yourself taking, into it. And I'm taking yeah. Kennesaw State. Yeah, I'm definitely oh, I know, taking yeah. Kennesaw State I know, here. Yeah. Uh, going with Nova uh, out yeah. of the Colonial. Uh, I'm also with you, Josh. I'm going with Eastern Washington. Uh, James Madison's an easy choice for me. And then the toughest the toughest matchup, Sacramento, South Dakota State. You love your Jackrabbits. I do love some Jackrabbits. I love some, I love some Jackson Yankee. I love some <laughs> Pierre Strong. Um, and so I can't... I, I just I feel like that their their talent is going to come through. So I'm going to take South Dakota State. So I'm picking uh, three upsets this weekend. Ooh, there we Coach. go. Okay, so I'm going to go Sam Houston. I'm going to go Skyhawks. All right, I'm going North Dakota State. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going Bucks here. Okay. CSU. Okay. CSU. Okay. So I'm the, going more loyalty to Tennessee than Georgia. In this regard, yes, <laughs> um, yes. Uh, I'm going. I'm going Eastern Washington. I'm going James Madison. I uh, really. Uh, I'm digging Sacramento State, so I'm going. Uh, I think they're going to win a tight one over the over the Jackrabbits, and I like Villanova. All right. To, All right. So we, 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 we uh, consensus for us: James Madison, Eastern Washington. Villanova, Sam Houston, and North Dakota State are consensus for all of us. Love it. All right. Okay. Um, extra next round. Next. All right. We will get to uh, that next week. Okay. There we go. Yeah. I, I will we'll we'll get to there. it next week. Uh, let's that. get to some championship games sure on the FBS side. <laughs> let's start in the SEC. Uh, we knew coming into the weekend it was going to be Georgia, Alabama that had already been locked in. Uh, Alabama tried their darndest to lose that Iron Bowl. But Wait, they, there's an SEC championship game this weekend? Yeah. But they just couldn't do it, man. They just couldn't do it. Uh, Coach, they turtled. They played not to lose, and they lost. They did. Oh, you're the right. underdog. Well, and Keep Tank Bigsby went out of bounds. Gas. And yeah. Tank Bigsby went out of bounds. Oh, that was well? 
huge. Yeah, a lot of things you can point to, but the fact that Alabama gave them chances to score more than three points and they didn't because they had a hobbled backup quarterback, that screwed them to begin with. If Alabama gives you a chance to score, you, you got to take advantage of that. Like mm-hmm. if if they're if they're gonna if they're gonna screw up, you got to let them screw up, and you and you can't stop them from screwing up. All right, well, coach, take take us through this game here. Um, th- there's a lot. There's a lot going on. It's mm-hmm. you know Georgia's toughest test of the year, but oh, yeah. I, I think I speak on behalf of literally all college football fans. Please knock Alabama out of this. We don't have to see them in the playoff. We're going to try our damnedest. Um, So I think, honestly, the toughest thing Alabama brings to the table is Jameson Williams, John Mechie, uh, Billingsley, and and Bryce Young in in the passing game. I think when, you know, on on the offensive side of the ball, I I think if you can – I think if you can slow their run game to next to nothing – then you can kind of pin your ears back and play pass because if if they can't if they can't run on your base defense, they're going to struggle passing. And Auburn gave us a recipe on how to get after Bryce Young um, on some downs and how not to get after Bryce Young on the other downs. Where I mean, for Bryce Young, you have to get in his face. You have to. You can't allow him to either get out of the pocket or be able to climb the pocket. you got to collapse that thing all the way around them. And I think where Georgia matches up well in this scenario is they got guys in the middle that can collapse the pocket from the, from the cylinder. And it can, it can close things down, and it can, it can really shut some windows for Bryce Young because that's where he makes a lot of his big plays is he moves and climbs the pocket and then delivers a deep shot down the field and – that's where the big plays happen. That's where you see John Mechie scre- uh, streaking down the sideline or Jamison Williams running a deep post and mossing somebody and getting a 50-yard gain. You know, that's where you see all that. So you have to you have to get shots on Bryce Young and you have to and you have to make things muddy in front of him. Uh, that being said, again, you have to figure out a way to contain Jamison Williams. If you let him get loose, it could end up being a long day for you because Alabama, what they do well is they score, they can score in bunches despite the, despite all the limitations that Bill O'Brien brings to your offense. All right. Defensively for the tide, the obvious answer is Will Anderson. You got to have a plan for Will Anderson. He is, he is a menace to every offense in America. He is he is a disruptor. He can wreck a game. Um, it, it just it, it's it's somebody that you don't want hitting your quarterback over and over and over and over again. Um, Alabama secondary. I've been disappointed with how they've played uh, overall. They haven't been as good um, in against the passing game. And then of course I I do think. To a certain degree, they can get pushed around in the run game a little bit. I think LSU and Arkansas and some of these teams have shown that you can move the ball in Alabama, which is not typical of an Alabama defense. But like any other team, for Georgia to be able to win, and and what Georgia's been able to do all season long is they have not allowed teams to get momentum. They've played extremely clean football uh, for the most part. And they have not allowed teams. Any team that starts to get momentum, they squash it. And, and Alabama, they're going to do the same thing. They're going to get hits on Bryce Young. 
completely stuff the run game, which is their forte anyway. And they're going to have to be dynamic offensively. They're, they're not going to, they're going to have to be able to make all those intermediate throws they made against Tennessee and, and Arkansas. Uh, they're going to have to have a big special teams play. I mean, they're going to have to, I mean, it's still Alabama. And even though they're not like the Alabama from last year, they're still Alabama. They still got some talent. So you still have to play a really, really, really good game, really clean game and almost a near perfect game in order to win this one. So, uh, and, and then there's that Bama factor, that Bama mental factor that you have to get past. So that's probably the biggest things when, when, it, when you look at this matchup. Now, when you look at the Georgia side, obviously for Alabama, they've got to figure out a way to block Devontae Wyatt and jo- Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean, and that linebacking core. They've got to figure out a way to get some movement on that front seven. If they can't, they're screwed. Um, they've got to be able to way to, to create some passing windows for for Bryce Young and, and really live by the big play. Or what's my buzzword? Chunk plays. Chunk plays. And offensively, Stetson's got to Stetson's got to drop his nuts here, and and he's got to he's got to ball out like he has been all year. But he's got to go to even another level. He's got to take this thing over if they want to win because he's going to get the, he's going to get the chance. So this is his this is his time. He's got to play above his head, and they've got to be dynamic, which they have been all year. But they've got to continue to be that way. Hey, coach, I got a quick question for you. All right, is Georgia good at sacking the quarterback? Uh yes, yes, they're very good at sacking the hmm. quarterback. Some guy named Nolan Smith seems like hmm. he's always back there. So is it Trayvon a cause Walker. cause for concern that Alabama allows three sacks a game, which is 112th in the country? That would be a cause for concern if you're a Tide fan. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because Georgia, it, with with the pressures that they that they get, um, not only and it's not just one guy getting it. it. It's it's Nolan Smith, Trayvon Walker, Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean, Channing Tindall, Quay Walker. They're all getting in on the action. Yeah, give me give me Georgia in this one. <laughs> well, they're gonna call some good ball plays now. <laughs> all right, let's head over to the Big Ten. Josh, your <laughs> Iowa Hawkeyes are playing in the Big Ten title game against the Michigan Wolverines, just like we all had it drawn up before the weekend. And we'll be there. Will you really? Literally. Literally. We have tickets. You're going to you going to spend the weekend in Indy. Spending the weekend in Indy. Josh there is going to go. scalp. Josh is is, uh, is Kristen going with you? He's going to. She scalp. is not. We got two tickets because there was a little mix up. The little so it's little, just you and Brian. Little mishap. Yes. So uh, back when the team was ranked, uh, I believe second of the country, Dad put in his request for his two allotted tickets, and his friend was supposed to put in his request, so we'd have four total tickets, and the friend didn't. <laughs> Drop the ball on it. So, uh, as a result, uh, my mom and my girlfriend not coming. Um, <laughs> um, look, I, I mean, this one is a eleven point spread, ten and a half points spread. Of uh, you know, for a reason. Michigan is ranked number two in the country. Hey, maybe that'll be bad luck. Iowa lost when we were number two in the country. Um, no, if only Michigan was playing it, Purdue. Yeah. Michigan, hey, black and gold, same color scheme. Michigan is um, better at the quarterback position, really good 
at rushing the quarterback, and Iowa's offensive line has been suspect. Uh, I think and Iowa probably outside has the zone, though. Yeah, I think Iowa has the better punter. Uh, I think overall Iowa has the better special teams. Um, although Michigan is dangerous there too. Uh, what this one comes down to is simply put, Iowa's defense is going to have to do like they did at the beginning of the year against Iowa State and Indiana, which is force gobs of turnovers, creating short fields. And I think it's going to take a little bit of Michigan just had their super emotional high. They knocked off their arch rival for the first time since 2011. They are making their first title game. Everyone and their brother has them in the college football playoffs. And, well, the game still has to be played. We don't know where their mental headspace is. Uh, Iowa's fared very well against Jim Harbaugh. Um, We know how to attack them, and we know how to stop them. We've done that in the past. They've been really tight games with Iowa winning quite a few of them. I think they have beaten Harbaugh every year that they've played him. Um, So, you know, there's a possibility. I don't love it. Dad and I are prepared to leave at halftime if it comes to it. (laughs) Um, But it's really hard, and Coach can attest to this, it's really hard to get up emotionally – invested so close after a mammoth we beat our rival type game it's a classic letdown it's weird that you would have a letdown in a title game but there is a scenario for that happening yeah i mean at least they're not playing ohio state right josh oh thank god they're not playing ohio state we're playing ohio state is right um, you know, I think that Iowa's best weapon might be Tori Taylor. Um, <laughs> Bunting is winning. I mean, in, in this case, it might be. It, it's, you know, it's uh, obviously if it, it feels like Michigan could should win this game. Uh, you know, it, this is the this is the Cook household fight <laughs> with your brother being yeah. a Michigan alum. Uh, is he flying in for the game? Uh, he's not. It was too uh, too short a notice. He did not think Michigan was beating Ohio State, and he certainly did not think Iowa was making this game. So, so um, uh, too tight, too tight for him. All right, the, he's like me though. He roots for Iowa. So I didn't realize that. I thought he rooted for Michigan still. Nah, nah. He'll he'll go to Michigan games to hang out with friends. But yeah, Matt, come on. On a scale of incredibly pissed off to incredibly irate vent for a few seconds it's okay this is a safe place paul chris <laughs> was out coached by pj fleck yeah he was yeah he was the wisconsin football team played slower and sloppier than minnesota wisconsin's offense made minnesota's defense look like georgia's defense <laughs> Wisconsin looked like was confused on the offensive line again there. If you want my full thoughts, I mean, you can always go back and take a look at a Monday morning fullback with uh, me and Matt Bernstein, but my God, it was, it was just ugly. Everything was ugly. Play calling was terrible. Their 
Mertz is missing passes, but the offensive line was giving up pressures left and right. The it just the offense was was garbage. It was it was horse poo, is what it was. It was, <laughs> it was horse poo. Well, the the positive we didn't of course, do diddly poo. <laughs> the, the positive, of course, is you know, let, let's be honest. Iowa deserves to be in this game. They played so well against Nebraska. They're they're coming oh. in super hot. They dominated Nebraska. They absolutely, you know. Uh, oh wait, wait, hold the, on, hold on, hold on. Wait, they, were down, in, they were down twenty-one to six and needed in the twenty-two points. Uh, Nineteen points in the fourth quarter. There we go. Yeah, uh, including a block punt and a safety. Block punt, touchdown, and a safety. <laughs> well, the good thing is Iowa has two quarterbacks. Both of them mediocre. Yeah, um, it, that was weird seeing. Uh, seeing Peaches come in in relief and look better than Padilla, but they're but they're Petrus's both bad. numbers were so bad. But they're both bad. Oh they're both God. bad. Okay, there's a reason for it. It starts Petr- with a B and it ends with a Z. Um, ends. Uh, ends with a Z. <laughs> I was gonna say uh, I didn't know you had someone in your name named Benitez, but yeah. uh, uh, the Big Twelve title Brian Farron. Rafa Benitez, he he coaches somewhere in Europe. Yeah, uh, the fit. the Big Twelve, Oklahoma State still has a shot whoa, to make the playoffs. Whoa, 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 whoa! Oh, sorry, oh, coach. On. Back this train up. Okay, he, he wants to talk more about the hundred and twenty second ranked offense. Yeah, I mean this offense third, but you know historically archaic. Um, <laughs> no, I you know I, I just think uh, you know I think the biggest factor for this Big Ten championship, y'all hit the nail on the head and just brushed right through it. Um, was is the is the emotional factor like with with Michigan? Do they have enough in the tank to to get back up for for the Big Ten title game, or is this going to be a classic letdown? Because let's face it, they're just not simply seasoned enough to come back from it and 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 get play at that high level again. That that's my biggest question mark for this Big Ten title game for Michigan. Otherwise. Josh, I hate to break it to you, but if Michigan plays anywhere close to what they did on Saturday, this, this one's going to be a snoozer. It's okay. There's a lot of good restaurants and bars in Indianapolis. Michigan was... completely just out physical to Ohio State. Like they just took it to them. It was. It was uh, Ohio State. I will say. I, I will say. It just dawned on me. I'm a little worried. Obviously, I'm worried about Michigan, but it just dawned on me. I'm oh, I'm either zero and two or zero and three in West Lafayette, and I'm zero and one in Indianapolis. Been to Bloomington yet? Yes, we killed Indiana there. There we go. Okay, so I'm 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 one and like five or four, whatever it is, in the state of Indiana. I don't feel like it's going to get much better this weekend. Sorry, bud. Hey, that's it'll make the upset that much. That much more special. At least I'm going into it fully expecting to get blown out. The Big Twelve, just Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and Baylor, just like we all drew it up, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, that's what I thought. If you uh, listen Oklahoma- to the to this to the preview we did over the summer, that's exactly. I, I, what I think we-, we picked. I want to say we picked Oklahoma and Kansas State. I think is what we picked as. The, I picked uh, Oklahoma. I, I, I picked Iowa State. State. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 that's right, that's right, that's right. Uh, 
We, or maybe I think, I think most there. of us had Baylor like in the middle of the pack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was down on Oklahoma State this year, but I was wrong because they found a defense. And yeah, they did. They did. They found some defense. Such a novelty in the Big 12. Defense. What is that? Big 12 defense this year was actually way better. Okie State, Iowa State, Kansas State. Even Baylor. Baylor. Yeah, they played They played some good defenses. They did. Maybe with Cincinnati coming in and BYU coming in, that those teams will kind of rebrand what defense is in the Big 12, which <laughs> might be refreshing. So uh, it looks like uh, Gary Bohannon did not play last week against Texas Tech for Baylor. It looks like he will be back for this game, which is big. If – Okay, so assuming things go chalk this weekend, Josh. Actually, no, Core. I want to hear from you first on this one. Assuming things go chalk this weekend, Oklahoma State wins, Cincinnati wins, Georgia wins, and Michigan wins. Is that is is that a lock for Oklahoma State to make the to make the playoff? Got to be. I mean, who's left? I mean. You know, Notre Dame. Who's left? Coachless Notre Dame and two loss Alabama. Yeah, you got to go. I mean, two loss Ohio State. I I know. I know your Big Twelve hasn't really represented well uh, in the playoff, but like you can't. Like Alabama's not a conference champion. They've got two losses. I mean, that's two strikes against them right there that Oklahoma State doesn't have. You have to. Have to put Ohio, uh, Oklahoma State in just on, on principle alone. I mean, Michigan probably gets the two seed, and then I think you throw in an undefeated uh, Cincinnati team, you throw them the bone and maybe put them as a three seed and see if they can beat Michigan um, and, and throw Okie State in at the four, or you flip Okie State and, and, and Cincinnati and put Cincinnati at the four and just let them go be sacrificial lambs at Georgia for that rematch. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think that's got to be your four teams, though. Thoughts about this game, Josh? Yeah, going back to the scenario, I think if it goes chalk, then, yeah, Oklahoma State's in. I think think if Alabama wins, Okie State also sneaks in because – just Baylor's ranked top 10 and Houston so far down 21st. The committee is doing anything they can to get Cincinnati out. So if Georgia gets upset, it's going to be Michigan one, Alabama two, Georgia three, Okie State four, I bet. I think that's what they'll do. I think yeah. Okie. St- I think it's an Okie yeah. State win, and they're in. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, in, in terms of this game, um, you know they they played each other, and Oklahoma State beat them by ten. They should have beaten them by about thirty. Um, Baylor was awful that game, and the only reason why it was as close as it was is. Spencer Sanders threw three interceptions. Um, Oklahoma State, if the game is anything like it was back when they played the first time, they should win this going away. But just like the Michigan thing, really hard to get up emotionally two weeks in a row. They just won Bedlam. They just won a huge game. What will be their mental state? Iowa and Baylor, both playing with house money. They should be loose. No reason for Baylor or Iowa to keep anything in the playbook. 
do reverses, do options, do flea flickers. Who knows? Who cares? Just have fun. And that's when crazy things happen. And and maybe Baylor pulls off the big upset. Yeah. I mean, if, if Baylor's going to get it done, it's going to be because they're, you know, they're, they're able to be efficient with their offense, I think, and get probably break a big return by Ebner uh, in special teams. <laughs> ACC. Again, just like we all drew it up, Wake Forest and Pitt. Uh, I'm going to personally set the over-under at 103.5 points of this game. <laughs> yes. There we go. Yeah. Any, anything to add here besides uh, offense, offense, and more offense? Uh, you forgot offense. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, you forgot, you forgot offense. Excited about, excited about anything here, Josh? I'm super excited. One thing that really is uh, a curveball that I did not see coming is Wake Forest defense at Boston College was absurdly good. They held BC to 10 points. They held them to six yards in the second half. Um, You know, can they have any sort of repeat performance? I don't know. That's been Wake's bugaboo. It's also kind of a Pitt's bugaboo. They're, both defenses are kind of optional for showing up. <laughs> um, but that was something I did not expect, and that has me heading into it. I, I kind of was thinking Pitt would would win because you know Pickett's just going to throw all over that porous Wake defense. But after seeing Wake play so inspired against BC, I, I, I'm starting to. Uh, to lean a little bit more towards Wake. The game's in Charlotte. The Wake fans, uh, when they were at the Belk Bowl a few years ago, were absolutely insane. They like somehow managed to have way more fans than they they should. Um, so I think a similar thing could happen. I'm just super excited for this game. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just going to be, Coach, I mean, your offensive coordinator, it's just yeah. going to be fun for you to watch. I hope you can uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe take, take some a, notes. and Take some uh, furious notes because this yeah. game is going to be – this game is going to be fast moving, man. I, I, I you know, <laughs> the matchup of like the prestige of the programs don't really, <laughs> don't really get it for me. But just as from a pure scoring standpoint and just offensive production, this is going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely wild. So uh, finally, Pack Twelve. Uh, Pac-12, we've got a rematch of a game we saw a couple weeks ago that was an absolute blowout where Utah destroyed Oregon. This game excites me like way less than the rest. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure what all changed in the it's last few weeks. It's also on Friday night. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what all changed the last few weeks. Uh, if Utah plays anything like they did Utah's going to punch ago, them in the mouth. They're going to blow them out. I, lo- I, I, I love this Utah team. Yeah. I think the one thing maybe going for Oregon that we should point out is first game was in Salt Lake City, played way up at altitude, outdoor stadium, full home field advantage for Utah. Neutral site game, Las Vegas. Um, you know, we'll we'll see. Uh, I, I do think Oregon, once they were out of the playoffs, they looked a little flat against the Beavers. Mm-hmm. Um, in that game, I think this one does actually mean more to Utah. Yeah, and I, I also think that they've been a different team ever since CJ Verdell went out for the season. 
He mm-hmm. I, he was a huge yeah. loss. Travis died. Don't get me wrong. He has scored a ton of touchdowns, but he just doesn't like ground out the yards like like Verdell did. So, coach. Yeah, I I think you're I think you're spot on with that. I just you know this Utah team is like. 3,000 more times physical, too. And they, they really kind of took it to Oregon in the first matchup. Now, will Oregon adjust a little bit? Yes, they will. I don't think they're going to get their ass handed to them again. But I do think I do think Utah is going to win the Pac-12 this year finally and uh, get that one for Kyle Whittingham. I, I, I love this matchup for Utah. I think they're, they're just, I don't know, they're just playing better right now, too. We're excited to announce a new sponsor, and that is Lightbox. Say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gifts of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find. And they're a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but are grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in blush pink and beautiful blue, as well as a classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off, priced so they won't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. So head on over to lightboxjewelry.com and add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. All right, let's head to our spread formation. Had no coach last week. Uh, I went three and two. Josh went two and three. Josh, we were both on Iowa minus one and a half against Nebraska. They covered that. Yes, um, they did. Uh, <laughs> we both had Wisconsin minus seven at Minnesota. Nope. Whoops. Uh, I had I had UNC plus six at NC State. NC State won the game in the most ridiculous manner, but UNC still covered. Um, we Josh and I were both on Florida State plus two and a half at Florida, and they lost by three. And we both had Georgia minus thirty five at Georgia Tech, and they won by forty two, forty five. They won they by, won a by lot, forty five so with the shutout. So uh, that that, means, that was a take Georgia no matter what yeah. the spread was. In yeah, the, in Georgia, I, I believe I said I had Georgia by a million last week, and I wasn't far off. Yeah. Uh, for the season, coach is twenty seven thirty one and two. I'm now twenty seven thirty six and two. Josh twenty five thirty eight and two. We're doing not five but six games this week because we have uh, five group of five title games plus a random Pac twelve game for you. <laughs> So we will start with Conference USA. Western Kentucky is a one and a half point favorite on the road at UTSA, whose undefeated season came down, came crashing down to North Texas last week. I don't really understand how the eleven and one Roadrunners are an underdog at home, but it's probably because Bailey Zapp uh, is throwing for like five hundred yards a game. Josh, yeah, Bailey Zapp has uh, almost. 5,000 passing yards, 49, 68, uh, 52 touchdowns. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I think a lot of people are looking at that North Texas loss and saying, oh, UTSA is done. Um, th- the thing about that game is we got to put it in context. Uh, UTSA had division wrapped up. They were not going to make the group of five representative to the uh, the big old bowl game, it was kind of a pointless game for them. They rested their quarterback after halftime. Uh, North Texas started the season one and six, and they won their final five to make a bowl game. It meant the world to them to make that bowl. 
Um, so they had way more to play for, and they roughed up our Roadrunners. Western Kentucky lost to uh, San Antonio earlier in the year by six. Western Kentucky has had an awesome, awesome winning streak here, winning seven in a row to get to this game. But we've been riding UTSA all year. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. Give me the Roadrunners. Beep, beep. Beep, beep. <laughs> Give me the Roadrunners. They, they've been hot all year. Uh, I'm not going to let one, you know, one bad game get uh get a hold of them so they've they've been they've been strong all year rock solid give me give me beep beep okay um i'm gonna zag i'm gonna go west kentucky because i don't know if frank harris is going to be ready for this game he left the uh the he's a quarterback for utsa coach's decision they didn't want him to get hurt he's active is he everything everything i've seen said that he's playing and is was not hurt at all oh that makes a big difference then to me um I was gonna say without him, I'm definitely going Western Kentucky. But also, we're we're trusted message boards and websites that follow UTSA football. Uh, I'm still going Western those Kentucky. Some, I can't, some real I can't get nerds. I can't get off of that uh, that that Bailey Zab high um, Houston Baptist transfer just putting up uh, just obs- he and his offensive coordinator came together from Houston Baptist and are just putting up the most ridiculous numbers so um, video game stuff like they, they, they're they putting up numbers that would make mike leach mike leach blush mm-hmm. so uh next mountain west utah state against san diego state in carson san diego state is a five and a half point favorite josh yeah brady hoke knows defense uh they were one 10 point loss away from being undefeated this year uh, Utah State was blown out by Boise and BYU. I think San Diego State is in the level of those two teams. Uh, so I'm going to take the Aztecs to cover the big spread. Yeah, same. I just watching them play last week against uh, against Boise was uh, was outstanding. I, I, I like the Aztecs. I like what they do. Um, so give me uh, give me San Diego State. Yeah, Aztecs by two touchdowns. Uh, the Mac, Kent State, three point favorite against Northern Illinois in Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. Um, Northern has the, uh, the better record, but uh, I think that Kent State played a little bit harder schedule. They, they were in the harder division of the two when they played each other earlier. Kent State won, Kent State won 52. 47 so we know that they can score a lot of points they're favored in this game for that very reason i think i'm gonna go chalk i'm gonna have kent state win the game again i'm going chalk man i'm I'm, uh, i like kent state um they're finally (laughs) detroit's gonna see a championship just not from the Lions. <laughs> um, I'm also going Kent State because I love their offense. They have one of the most balanced attacks in the country. They run it well. They throw it well. I think that, you know, I personally have been advocating for their OC to become the next Wisconsin OC. I think he does some really interesting stuff. And I think he would be a great fit in Madison and would bring some life to that program. Uh, I've, got, I've got Kent State by 10. Uh, the American. Houston, Cincinnati, Cincinnati, ten and a half point favorite at home in Nipper Stadium in Cincinnati. Josh, 
Look, Holgerson deserves a ton of credit. We've we've ridden him many times in his career. Bad loss against Texas Tech to start the season. They won 11 straight. Um, the, the thing about it is they've only played one ranked opponent, SMU. They won that game. Well done. I just think Cincinnati's a different class. I think that Luke Fickle's handled this coaching stuff really well uh, as the carousel started to spin. And maybe it's just sentimental that I want to see Cincinnati in the playoffs. Uh, but I, I'm going to take the Bearcats even with a double-digit spread. Coach? Ooh. Uh, yeah, I, I think this is going to be a tough matchup. Uh, the toughest for Luke Fickle. I mean, it's a championship game. Houston's going to be up. But, again, they got playoff on their mind. So give me give me Cincy. Yeah, Cincy – since he with a big, strong performance, um, you know, they'll need it in order to... I like to... that it's up in Ohio, too. Yeah, I like that a lot. And if, especially if it's going to be cold, I'm going to like that a lot. So give me Cincy. App State at Louisiana. App State is a three-point favorite on the road in Lafayette. Do we know if Napier is coaching this game? Mm. <laughs> um, I don't know. Either way, App State is a three-point favorite. Josh, who do you like? Yeah, I think the the App State being favored thing is purely because of the Napier stuff. Um, these two teams played each other um, in Lafayette earlier in the year, and Lafayette won forty one thirteen. So give me those points because I think uh, Louisiana wins. Coach, uh, give me Appy State. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna take chalk here. I, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna pull this thing out for the fun belt title. Uh, I like Louisiana as well at home here uh finally uh random pack 12 game usc at cal how far has usc fallen they are four four and a half point dogs against a pathetic cal team that lost to arizona just a couple weeks ago yet here we are um josh i think this one's simple usc does not give a shit (laughs) at all uh they're gonna play with zero interest whatsoever Uh, Cal, it's a home game for a program like Cal. It's always nice when you can say you beat the men of Troy. Uh, I think Wilcox has them fired up and they cover the spread. Coach? Yeah, I, I don't even know how to pick this one. I, I think USC <laughs> doesn't give a shit. Cal doesn't give a shit. Um, I, I think someone's going to have to win this game, so I'm going to take the underdog in this one just because when in a game that probably neither of them care about, there you go. I think Cal cares a lot more than USC, which is why I am picking Cal. All right. Uh, Josh, we miss anything? Mm, not that I can think of, other than it is way past my bedtime. I got to go to bed. Way past my bedtime 11, as well. 20 local. Coach is yawning. I'm mm. yawning. So uh, that's going to do it for us here on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. So on behalf of our own offensive coordinator, the coach, Corey Burton, in Nashville, Tennessee, and our intrepid blogger from Big Ten Accounting, Josh Cook, up there in Chicago, Illinois. This is the Professor Emeritus in the Music City saying so long and see you next time on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E 
AV on YouTube.